0: hey guys welcome back to another episode of financial flex with legs i hope that everyone had such a great thanksgiving filled with a ton of food and awesome memories is it just me or is anyone else freaked out that it's december like in what world I honestly think that time has just been sped up or something. I honestly, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around it or comprehend what's going on, but it's December, then it'll be January, and then, you know, basically it's the 4th of July in my mind. On today's episode, we have Shannon Arthur. Shannon is currently getting her master's degree in communications, and once she's done, she plans on attending law school shannon and i actually attended the same middle and high school so i've known her for quite some time we discussed what her biggest money aha was being able to negotiate your financial aid package when going to school and how she's able to use her credit card but not rack up any credit card debt as always if you love this podcast please leave a five-star rating and review I appreciate that more than you could possibly imagine. All right, so enough of me talking about ratings and reviews. Let's get into today's episode.
1: I am Shannon Arthur. I am currently a grad student, and getting my master's in communications at Syracuse University, but I am also what they consider a political outreach operative, I guess you want to call it like that.
0: Yeah, so... Mm was money discussed in your household
1: um it really wasn't along the lines of my mom saying i gotta pay the bills today so or as she calls it by five o'clock i'm broke so um that's really how money was discussed and i guess Caribbean people don't really speak about money so it's not a thing um, at all we speak about other things just not money we speak about when we think people are spending too much money or we ask when we wonder where like where people's money is coming from. But that's just us being nosy. But <laughs> that's pretty much it.
0: But outside of that, you would never like sat you down and was just like, "All right, today I'm about to tell you anything and everything you need to know about money." No. No.
1: Um, outside of like, don't take out any credit cards in your name or something along those lines. You mm-hmm. never really discussed money outside of like allowance. Maybe that's mm-hmm. when I knew I was getting money. <laughs> Or I was working so I mean I started working when I was 13 so oh wow what was your first job um I was working for free at my mother's hair salon here in Atlanta um she was doing like a barter system because my sister and I wanted to get our hair done like every week like because we came here and we like decided we didn't want no more braids and all that stuff and so the hairdresser was giving me um, was giving my sister and I, like, a deal that if we worked for her, she would do our hair on every Friday, which was Mm -hmm. really nice. Um, so I pretty much ran that front desk for, like, two years. Wow. And my sister was, like, washing hair and roller setting and stuff like that.
0: Wow, at
1: 13. Yeah. Jeez, business ladies. My my mother was like, get her, I get them out my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was great. I mean, I'm still in contact with the hairdresser now. She's still on my resume because I still worked for her. So wow,
0: yeah. that's awesome. Where do you think that you got your? So like, when did you start to? I guess kind of like pick up on like the importance of money. I would say money
1: became important when I was a teenager. When you're 16 and you want to go to prom and. You know, you got to figure out how to, where this money's coming from, or if you're starting dating, that's when you kind of figure out, like, okay, I'm not paying, so the guy's paying, so where's he getting this money from? Probably from his mama, but, you know, um, along those lines, I think that's when money starts coming into place, when you start, when you want to spend. Profit in some way from it, or you mm-hmm. want to get something mm-hmm. like. I think when we were young, iPads came out, and iPods came out, so that was a big thing that everyone wanted iPod. But that took like, it was like a hundred dollars. Yeah. So, and a hundred dollars at sixteen was a lot of money. So you know? much money. So much money. Well, if I, I, what I can do, I can go through a hundred dollars today <laughs> yes. in five minutes <laughs> paying a bill. <laughs> so, it's definitely money. Definitely changed. I say like around 16 or so, 16, 17, when I started really dating. Mm-hmm. That's when I was That's when realized when money became a factor.
0: Gotcha. In
1: college applications.
0: So do you consider yourself to be a spender or a saver? I'm a spender.
1: You're a spender? But I'm a, cons- I'm a conscious spender. Okay. So I don't spend myself, my money on like massive things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have credit card debt, mm-hmm. so, but I do have a credit card, but I don't mm-hmm. have any credit card debt. Um, but I like specific things and I like to do things like go on vacation. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it once. I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. So I'll save money until I get there, but then I'm spending the money there. Gotcha. You know? So I guess it's I'm a thoughtful spend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have a game plan for yeah, your money.
1: There's a game plan. There's, I never ever asked for stuff. Um, my mother knows, like, I'm not the one to ask for money. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend knows I'm not the one to ask for money. Mm-hmm. I will sell my bags, and I love bags. That's my, that's my Achilles heel. But I will sell my bags before I ask anyone for money. So,
0: mm. so what would you consider to be, like, your, your weakness? Like, you see it and you're like, oh, I don't care how much this costs. I'm, dro- I'm dropping all the monies I have.
1: Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's like that. Nothing. And I love a bag. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I have a Louis, Ooh, and, but I saved for that. I did saved you? all of high school for that, and then my mother also gave chipped in for that. Aww. So that was a gift that we both gave into. But like, I want another Louis. Mm-hmm. So that is, I guess, I would say that's what I'm looking at now. But I spend. I usually do it for like occasions. Yeah. I don't just go out and buy something. Mm-hmm. It has to be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I'm graduating grad school, I'm gonna get myself a nicer bag. Mm -hmm. Um, but any old day I'm just rocking the Kate Spade I got from Marshall, so
0: gotcha. So it's kind of like you treat yourself like big milestones. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like
1: when I graduated high school I got the Neverfull bag. I mean Mm -hmm. well my speedy bag. But when I graduate college, I'm going to get a never-full bag. Is that
0: the one that's like the checkered one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that yes, one. Yes. Oh, my gosh. i <laughs> um, So you mentioned how you don't have any credit card debt. Mm. There's a lot of people who probably heard you say that, and they're like, wait, what? She has a credit card but has no credit card debt. So how are you able to keep yourself in check and not put yourself in a situation to have credit card debt?
1: Um. So, when I first applied for a credit card, um, it was a Loft card because I work at Loft, um, part time, and it was a Loft card, and they gave me some crazy, outlandish limit, like two thousand, mm-hmm. and I was like eighteen. And I was like, hell no! Like that just, I, I would lose my mind. Mm-hmm. I know myself. I'm new in this job. I want to wear the clothes. I like the clothes. The mm-hmm. clothes are kind of like that in between. So you're not no longer shopping at Forever 21 but you're mixing in your H&M with mm-hmm. your with your Loft clothes so it's Definitely. a little bit more of a grown-up look yeah. um so I decided you know I was going to lose my mind so I just called up the company and said hey I need you to bring down this limit to 500 because that's what my checks were looking like. Mm-hmm. So my my credit card limit can't be double what my paycheck is. Mm-hmm. Because that's just a trap for you. Yeah. So if my checks as a sales associate or a sales lead is coming around two hundred, three hundred dollars, your credit card limit shouldn't be two thousand, four thousand, mm-hmm. you know that's just setting yourself up for failure no matter what it is. Yeah. And I got a good credit card and I got a big limit because my mother gave us a credit card. We'll put a credit card in her name when we were in high school mm-hmm. to let us build our credit without actually having a credit card. Mm-hmm. So because she did that, I came into college with a great credit score. Mm-hmm. And so when I applied for the loft card Um, They gave me that credit limit, that credit amount based off that amazing credit score my mother already set me up for. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to keep this limit, then I need to push you aside and we're going to have to lower this amount because... I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah.
0: Did you get any pushback from the company when you were like, I need to lower this? Yes. They were like, why? You know, you can just not spend it.
1: Or because law is really good, the fact that you can pay the card in store. So if I swipe my card for the points, I can pay it off immediately right afterwards Mm -hmm. and it'll hit my account later on that night. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is fine if you are, if you're. If you're very smart like that or if you spend money like that. But if I have my debit card, why would I use my credit card? So Mm -hmm. I use my loft card for those case of emergencies like I get called up for a job interview and I need an outfit immediately. And I just, it's in between checks. I've got it. That's what that card is for. Mm -hmm. That card is not for... Me to be balling and spending and getting everything because when you get fifty percent off as an employee, <laughs> what? I'm talk about a
0: trap. <laughs> Set yourself
1: up for failure. Please.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like at the age of eighteen, you you weren't like, oh, it's it's on. You were like, actually, um, I'm gonna need you guys to limit that. That's like
1: that's because I know myself. Mm-hmm. If you don't know like how you spend, mm-hmm. like. A lot, big money limits can be very tempting. Yeah. So if you know you're you're a shopper, because I am, I'm an emotional shopper, and I know mm-hmm. that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So if I am sad, or me and my boyfriend are fighting, or whatever mm-hmm. may have you, I feel the need to go on Sephora, and <laughs> or go on to loft.com, or wherever it is, and just start online shopping. I need to make sure my limit is low, well. so that... If I feel the need to emotionally spend, God forbid, then, uh, which is better to me than emotionally eating, but if I feel the need to emotionally spend, then, you know, we'll we'll just have to, you know, keep it manageable Mm -hmm. for so I'm not, like, biting myself in the end because, you know, the emotions that come to spending... You're sad. Okay. But then there's that after grief that you have. You know, yeah. And I hate returning. Yeah. Shit, buyer's so. remorse. I hate returning stuff. Yeah. So it is, I just like to buy what I want <laughs> and not go back. I hate the look they give me in the stores. Yeah. Okay. I swear they know my soul. <laughs> like,
0: I feel you on that one. It seems like you've been pretty responsible with your money from like such a young age, but was there a particular moment where you were like, oh, no, I need to start handling my money better.
1: Um, yeah. I applied for a Discover student credit card when I was 21. That was a $5,000 limit. Homegirl lost her her mind. I lost my whole mind. I went shopping. I got my car fixed. I did it all. And for some reason, I don't know why it didn't register to me that I should... do to decrease this limit because I'm still working at Loft but it just didn't mind I guess because you're at 21 you think you're a grown woman you're mm-hmm. doing your own business you know and you're really not no. <laughs> you're really not at all it took me two and a half years to pay that card down and that was exhausting wow. so having to constantly pay on that card and then in the process still using the card mm-hmm. got yourself screwed mm-hmm. so I now have that card strictly for traveling mm-hmm. and nothing else. nothing else. I'm not closing it. It's a good card. It has low limits. Um, mm-hmm. not low limits, but it has, I made it down to a manageable limits 2000 now, mm-hmm. which is better for me. Cause when you're traveling, um, God forbid something happens, you lose your luggage, you gotta get on a different plane. You're never gonna ever spend even if you're out the country, you're never gonna ever spend more than two thousand. Mm-hmm. So and that's for two people. Yeah. So you're honestly covered with a two thousand dollar limit. It is my version of Emergency fund that's not getting touched.
0: So, I want to um, sort of segue into college because you mentioned that you're not paying on your student loans right now because you are in school. I know student loans is a huge topic right now, um, especially like with presidential candidates, you know, promising to what, eliminate student loan <laughs> debt, and mm-hmm. people are like, oh, heck yeah, like
1: they got my vote,
0: they've got my vote, I'm about to be debt-free, like, I'm not going to pay my loans right now, whatever. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, College and student loans is a business and yes, it's about opportunity and unfortunately these jobs make it mandatory for you to have a former degree or a higher degree. Um, But I do find it interesting now that jobs are tech jobs at that which were the first ones to start asking for massive degrees, um, are now the ones kind of pulling away from that. Mm -hmm. And some people have ideas that it's because black women and black people are earning degrees at a higher rate than anyone else, Mm -hmm. um, which means that we are entering the job force higher than anybody else. Um, Makes you wonder if they are now taking that off because they don't want to hire black and brown people. It's just a theory, it's a working theory, Um, but it it is an interesting one because degree acceptance or having a degree as a requirement for your job was started as a way to catalyst away from hiring black and brown and immigrants and um, Native American people. It was a way, it was a deterrent for that. So it's kind of interesting how now the counterverse, like Apple, a massive company who was asking for people to have these degrees, now are saying, well, you don't have to, we just, no, it's whatever. You know, everyone's an engineer. No, not everyone's an engineer. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I think it's interesting, but um, it's expensive. And these boards know it's expensive, and the boards of some schools set the tuition. Public institutions and public college should be free, just like school lunch in elementary K through 12 should be free. Um, this is not about socialism because we already live in a social a socialism society. We already benefit. We get Social Security, we get you know Medicare and Medicaid. It's all a form of socialism, whether people don't want to believe it or not. You know, um, but certain things benefit the the government and benefit the people as a whole, such as access to education. And when if college is not free, and college um, doesn't become free, then you are saying that you don't care about your people. That's true. Now, eliminating the student loan debt, mm, I don't know how it's possible, but it would be in the benefit of the economy and the government to find a way to decrease the student loan debt or place a cap at what these public institutions and private institutions are allowed to do, because I think $64,000 a year for school is a lot. Yeah. That's not even counting basic needs, you know? Um, And these schools also give you know, free tuition, whatever. And they say, well, just do your schoolwork, blah, 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 blah. But if you're a transfer student from a junior college and decide to save money and went to junior college and transferred to another institution, you know, you don't qualify for any of that institution's scholarships. So now you are paying money that you saved money and now you're paying the money you saved. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it double that at that. Yeah. So, and if you're in a field that requires, which most of them do, and now a higher level of education, it, it doesn't it doesn't work and it's not fair. Um, and it makes the difference between who has and who has not even bigger. Yeah. And there's profit in that.
0: So so let's just say you're a Senior in high school, getting mm-hmm. ready to go to college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You are, you know, sifting through schools. Your dream school is, you know, like like you said, like 64000 But then you have maybe like a, a state school that's like half of that price. Do you think that how, – how should that person make that decision? You well, know
1: what I mean? What's your major? That's important. So if you're going to school – to be a teacher, you don't need that sixty-four thousand on scale school. I don't care how great the football team is. You don't know you don't need to go to out of state because your curriculum is going to be the same no matter where you go. Um, if you are going to be a nurse, that's unnecessary too. Because your curriculum is going to be the same no matter where you go. Now, if you're doing something like engineering, yes you need to weigh both because one engineers, you have a higher level of profit exiting school. You also, some of you don't, some, most jobs don't require a form of higher education outside of your BA. They require like certification, certifications, like project management, stuff like that. And some people do go on to, if you wanted to have like a CEO position when they will start your own business, they, a lot of engineers do go on to get their MBA, which is great. Um, But certain programs are stronger, so you need to also focus on the program also and what your major is as much as you focus on the cost. So, for example, I started out um, at Georgia State and Georgia State's public um, science program wasn't as strong as Auburn's. I knew Auburn had a pipeline to Capitol Hill, which they still do for undergrads and graduates. I knew that Auburn had um, teachers who have not only worked on Capitol Hill, but have worked on some major campaigns and have a lot of experience in policy. So it's just also the teachers that are available to you. You need to look, when you're making a decision to go out of state, which I did, you need to look at the quality of education. Now, one thing Georgia State did have over Auburn was the access to, um, well, the affordability, yes. and But the access they have to having a, they're located in a state of, the capital of the state, mm-hmm. which is really good if you are going into law and stuff like that or some form of politics. You do have, it is also a major political hotbed to live in Georgia. So there was benefits to staying at Georgia State also. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't happy at Georgia State. Um, and your happiness is also important. Mm-hmm. And I know people say, "Well, happiness doesn't, but f- isn't free." Whatever may happen, it's ex- it's expensive to be happy. Yes, it is, especially if you go out of state. And I went in with no scholarships, um, but my grades began to suffer at Georgia State because I wasn't happy. Um, and that is when I had to take my mental health first before the cost. Am I paying for it now? Yes, but at Auburn, I made friends, I protested, I met my future husband, you know, it's it worked out for me. It was a better for me in the end, mm-hmm. but if you're a senior in college, you need to look at the whole picture, mm-hmm. including the money, mm-hmm. um, and if, I didn't know this, and I have learned this in my law, recent law school visit, and I'm pissed I didn't know this in undergrad, If you're coming from a certain background you can negotiate financial aid at undergrad level also not just at graduate level right so who knew that I could have you could have negotiated your financial aid with your university if you got none or if you got a lot or if you just got a little negotiating you can with your financial aid they don't tell you that. No. How went, did you find out? I went to Georgetown. I went to Georgetown Law School, and my tour, my they said it up front in my campus tour. And then my tour guide told me that she negotiated her aid. And she was from the Bronx of New York. She went to UC Berkeley. And when she left UC Berkeley, they told her afterwards. And then when she got to Georgetown, they said in her tour also that this is like the top advisor mm-hmm. telling you that you can negotiate your aid, even at the undergrad level. Wow. Tell
0: me they're not conning people. No, they're <laughs> conning people. It, That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't know you can negotiate aid. I would have negotiated aid because I had, I had a 4.0 leaving Georgia State going to Auburn, you know, and they didn't, most state schools don't give um, transfer students some form of money because you have no credits at that school mm-hmm. but once I gained credits into the school I got a little bit of scholarship money not a lot but if I knew I could have negotiated my aid I would have negotiated a lot mm-hmm. more because I left Georgia State with a great GPA. could get, yeah
0: so. Oh. so after you're after you're done with school you are going to like go to law school so how do you plan if you don't mind me asking like how do you plan on like paying for that so
1: I have an amazing LSAT score. Not going to lie. It's a very, I'm in the top 95% of my LSAT score. Um, I'm not going to say my score because college admission is a, it's a roulette game. So I can say I have an amazing score and not get into any of the colleges I want to. So, I mean, <laughs> But um, I learned that in undergrad. But um, I will be using my LSAT score, which I spent a year studying for. Um, I'll be using my unders- uh, my outside score as a bargaining chip along with other factors such as I am black. I am a first, partially first generation American. Um, all these come into factors. I'll be paying for school on my own. No parental help at all. All these become into factors when it comes to negotiating. and I'll be using one school against the other. So whoever gives me more, that will become a big factor. So I, my dream school is UVA or Georgetown. Those and Howard. Those are my top schools. I went to visit them. I love them. Don't, they're great. But they are gonna. Ha, somebody's gonna have to give me some
0: money. So it seems to be like don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Yes. When it comes to schools. Yes,
1: because they have money to give, and mm-hmm. they will say, "Well, we
0: don't really got nothing."
1: No, you have money to give because you just got money from somebody else who didn't get a scholarship. So you have some money to give out. I know that's kind of harsh to say, but you you got money to give, and you got to give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) They
0: do. So um, I do want to wrap this up with the final question that I ask everyone. If you could go back in time and talk to your 16-year-old self and give her any piece of advice in regards to money, what would you tell her?
1: Do your schoolwork. Because if I did better in high school, I would have gotten more scholarships and I wouldn't have the student loan to have now. Because, and participate. And participate in high school because I participated a lot in high school and I had a lot of fun in high school. But I should have done more of my schoolwork. I didn't have a bad GPA, but I didn't have an amazing GPA. And if I had an amazing GPA in conjunction with the resume I had, um, from all the things I participated in, and being in charge of the things I participated in, um, I would have been able to leverage and get more scholarship money than I received. Um, I know I have nothing to do with money, but kind of does in no, the back does, end. No, it does. Yeah, like, I think the things you do now, like I would have started applying for scholarships when I was in was I when I was a freshman. Yeah. Um, in high school, before anything else, yep. you know, on top of my school, like I would have done, like I've heard some people do, like ten scholarships a month when they're a freshman in high school. I would have done that if I knew that was a thing. Yeah, um, I think my six-year-old self would tell you, like, there's a learning curve when it comes to money, and just to be patient with yourself because um, you're just now getting it and and now and i've learned now being working in politics that your money is your political capital and like owning a home things you're an address you're allowed to vote when you have an address you get mail when you address you get bills you get credit when you have an address um you get a precinct when you address you get a representative when you have an address um so Later on, I know you're talking about home ownership. I would definitely say that to my 16 year old self, pay attention to what you're spending and do your schoolwork because later on that means your political future. Whether you like it or not, it does. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that a lot (laughs) working in these streets that what you do when you're a freshman in high school, what definitely impacts you when you're applying to law schools or looking at jobs or any of the, along those lines. I don't know why, but I didn't. You don't see that when you're 16. You definitely don't see that when you're 15 and 16 thinking, no, are you rule the world, it's okay, we'll do it, we'll try again next year, we'll do it better next year. There's no next year when you're right 25. Now. Yeah, like, yeah, no. No. Now when you got Sally Mae knocking on your door, six months, and they come on time yeah. and then they go on vacation with your money <laughs> yeah. did you see that in the news that they paid for all their yeah. staff to get the ex- paid expense trip
0: i said so someone much. needs to sue somebody <laughs> <laughs> no well thank you so much for coming on the show i've enjoyed this conversation i've learned so much thank <laughs> so, you for having me yeah of course I need is fun it's my first podcast
1: i feel so such a millennial yeah <laughs> like mama i made it okay.
0: <laughs> Perfect.